Welcome to Dollar Theater. This is the podcast where we review movies that we love, some of which are critically acclaimed, some maybe not so much. I believe the one that we're doing tonight is very critically acclaimed. This has a 7.3 on IMDb, a 92% on Rotten Tomatoes. It is a banger, and I'm excited to be covering it with two of my good friends here, returning for the first time since the three of us did seven together. We have Danielle Lemoyne and Anthony DeTavio. What is up, guys? What's going on, sir? Hello. All right, so let's get into it. Face Off, 1997. I think this is one of the last action movies that was both completely absurd but wasn't winking at the audience. A few weeks ago, we covered Predator, and that was kind of like the peak of these types of movies, which were just bananas, which were just bananas, and just bananas from start to finish and they're not joking around with you they're very serious in their absurdity whether it's in predator where carl weather's arm gets shot off and the severed arm continues to shoot a machine gun or in this movie where nick cage is just yelling you watch your fucking mouth for really no reason at all these films are just bonkers and they're not trying to make you laugh the way we might see like an mcu film now or a fast and the furious movies which are just perennially winking at the audience and let's just be very clear this movie is absurd for two hours and 20 minutes and it never really lets up i think it's important to talk about what goes on in the first 10 minutes of this film we have nick cage at a carnival he's wearing a mustache that one might buy from spirit halloween and he kills john travolta's son in broad daylight And this is before the opening credits even conclude. And then in the very next scene, he puts a bomb in a convention center while wearing a priest outfit. And he dance, he does a little dance, which is, which is pretty funny. And then for some reason he decides to grope a girl who generously speaking might be 16 years old. That's very generous. I'm, I'm, (laughs) I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt here. Even, even that's terrible. If you were and those things that I mentioned, if you were to do a top 10 list of absurd things that happened in this film, that those two might not even make the top 10. Um, I've had these conversations probably with both of you at some point about movie action movies or just movies in general that we loved from the 80s or 90s and how when we watch them now, they might not hold up as well. And I thought of notably there was a John Woo, John Travolta movie from just a year prior broken arrow which i loved when i was a kid and then i revisited it a few weeks ago i was like wow this this really isn't that great and that's not the case here this movie is just phenomenal i love it we have travolta he's still riding his pulp fiction high where he can just kind of do whatever he wants you have cage also riding his high off of the oscar for leaving las vegas and he's just basically doing whatever he wants and he's going for it so we have two of the biggest stars in the world just just doing their thing here. This movie rules. That I love it. Glad to be covering it with both of you. Danielle, what do you think of this movie? So um, two, two thoughts. One is it sets itself apart from most action um, movies because one of the premise, which is completely original, and I mean, I can't really think of another place where I've seen it done. Yeah. Uh, there's that. And then you've got a showdown in range for two actors who are really good actors. So even if you're like someone as myself, I'm not a big action fan, 
Um, a lot of it I find like to be generic, you know, there's certain action, like it has to be, I don't know, for me to be excited about action it has to be something special. And in this case, um, it is something special. And part of that is just watching these two, these dominators go at it and like, just show here's what I can do, you know? And so it's, uh, I, I love it. You know, like, uh, I will say that I probably did love it more um, in my like my teens, twenties. I probably loved it even more then, but it still definitely holds up. It's one of the better action films out there, without a doubt. Anthony, um, this movie is just like you said, insane. Like some of the stuff that goes on throughout this this episode, uh, the episode, it's, it's the movie. Um, Nicholas Cage. And John Travolta shows such range in his roles because I would say for a good what, 45 minutes of the movie, they play who they're playing. And then they they have their swap and then they're playing each other. And they both like are very believable in it. Like when we get to it later, it's very hard to pick an MVP of the movie because like the performances by both of them, like, like you see this case in the beginning, he's a psych psycho. And then he becomes John Travolta comes Sean Archer. And then he's playing this whole different character. He plays it great. This is probably by far my favorite movie with uh, Nicholas Cage. Um, he's been in a, a lot of good movies, but I think this is my absolute favorite. And, I agree with Danielle. It's very interesting because up until this point, they really didn't, they've had so many action type movies like of this, because you could consider it a little bit sci-fi with the whole science aspect of it, but it's really just very well done. Um, and I felt it still held up. Like you said, it's still held up to this day where I can go watch it another two or three times if I if I have it on and, and still be in, interested in watching it. You mentioned how, you know, obviously this movie is centered around these guys switching faces. There's been a lot of like movies where body swaps happen. I thought of like uh, Vice Versa, the Fred Savage, Judge, Judge Reinhold movie or uh, Freaky Friday with Jamie Lee Curtis and Lindsay Lohan. But this is kind of like the first movie where a surgical procedure of this magnitude is done. And when I'm doing my notes, it was, I, I kind of just, I was like, Dave, just, you just have to remember this because I'm writing Archer does this, but he's really, he's really caster at this point or caster does this. And he's really uh, Archer at this point. And I was just like, all right, I just have to, I just have to remember this because I'm gonna have like six pages of notes here. And very unique movie for that reason. So, Absolutely phenomenal. So Travolta, we covered him extensively a couple weeks ago when we did Pulp Fiction. He's just, he's going for it here. This is like Cage did a, did a movie in Pulp Fiction, like Cage did in Leaving Las Vegas, and he got to write his own ticket. So, and he's just like Cage here. He's, he's letting it rip. Uh, for instance, w one of the lines that was like, I was like, all right, he's really, he's overacting here, but it's great. Uh, when one of the FBI agents says we, sh we should take a break and he goes, we'll take a break when the case breaks. And there's just so many like just great one-liners where these two are just absurd. And 
he had a very he has a very similar career to Nick Cage, where for like every one of these great movies you get from him, you'll get uh, a Battlefield Earth or a Gotti. But I, I've never really seen him in anything. I've never I've never really seen him bad in anything. He's been in a lot of bad movies, but I've never looked at a Travolta performance and been like, oh wow, that that was trash. He, he, he's always been really great. I think the last notable thing I've seen him in was he doesn't do a lot of TV, but he was in the uh, the OJ season of American Crime Story as as Robert Shapiro. And I thought he was really great in that. Um, wouldn't mind seeing him make another comeback. He's not really like in the consciousness at this point. But if he was to come back, I would be really happy with that. Danielle, any thoughts on him in this movie or in general? He does creepy very well. Yeah. Um, you know, I I'm gonna end up going on and on about Cage because that's that's next. I got it. That, that was the one who wowed me. But okay. stepping back and um, because I couldn't, you know, I was thinking MVP the whole movie. So you know, <laughs> I was analyzing based on that. But um, the scene that he has with the daughter, uh, with Dominique Swain. Yeah. The scene where. Um, he grabs a cigarette from behind her. It's so, like, disturbing. Yeah. Cringy. You know? Very cringy. Yeah, yeah very it is, cringy. like, very, very cringe. And it's more cringe than than Cage with that church choir girl. Yeah. It's, uh, it's like, you know, and, and Travolta, I mean, he pulls it off very well. And I was just like, okay, he's he can do it. So... <laughs> So yeah, I mean he's great, and I mean I'm not the I wouldn't say I'm like a the biggest Travolta fan, um, outside of that like normally, but not neither here or there, you know, not like a like a, oh I'm a big fan, but not like I don't I dislike him or anything like that. Where uh-huh. I'm, you know, more of a Cage person. Got so. it, Anthony. Travolta thoughts. Um, last couple of films have been bombs. Uh, back in the day, Travolta was making really good films i remember um look who's talking he was i think i've always found him better in comedy than i have in a serious role um but he did pulp fiction he did face off broken arrow all these movies and i i haven't re-seen broken arrow and now i don't want to because i don't want to hate it because i did enjoy just leave it leave it you think it was good leave it and just keep let it stay there which i had well you know that's how i but um but yeah his last couple of things besides the oj simpson which i agree he was phenomenal as uh shapiro in that yeah it was a great cast that was a phenomenal cast um but i'm i'm a fan of his earlier work than his later work because i remember Gotti came on amazon prime and i was all excited and I know you said you haven't really seen him do a bad role. Well, watch him do an Italian accent. It's really <laughs> it's a bad role. Um, so I really haven't seen, and he does a lot of those now straight to DVD movies. So yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing a good uh, good movie come from him. But uh, I'm with the both of you. I believe I think Cage is just the the all star in this movie, and I think that. Uh, his career has had a lot more peaks and valleys, and I feel he's withstand stood better of time than Travolta has. All right, so that's a great segue. We can we can do the cage conversation now. 
109 IMDb credits for my guy. He's just since 1981, he's just been doing work. He just never said he always says yes. <laughs> so he when you have to pay the bills, you got to pay the bills. <laughs> so we we talked about his Oscar in 1995 for leaving Las Vegas. So he just has a a blank check at that point and he fires off these three movies the rock con air and the one we're covering tonight face off and he can just do whatever he wants at this point and, and he essentially does do whatever he wants for kind of the, the rest of his career and anthony like you said he's had a lot of highs but there are some lows you know for every high we get a ghost rider or a bangkok dangerous or a wicker man or there, there's a there's a lot of stinkers in there but like travolta never been bad in a movie just been in a lot of bad movies and uh, he's certainly not bad in this one. He's like Travolta, really going for it here. Um, I like the scene where he sees himself, at, where he's Sean. I'm going to do this a lot. I'm going to fuck this up many times. He's Sean, but he sees himself as Caster, as Caster, Caster. And he just, he throws the, the coat rack at the mirror and breaks the mirror. And he just points to himself and he's like, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. He says it like four times and he just starts pointing at everyone Basically, like the guy in half baked, but just screaming. And yeah, there's a lot of scenes like that where he's just, he's dialing it up. And I think the movie is is great as a result of it. I I love him in this movie. I I love him in general. He's just he's just awesome. All right, Danielle, this is your moment. I know you're a, you're a cage person. What? Go so, for it. One of the things I wrote down in my notes is you know we talked about this when we did seven, and I talked about Brad Pitt. So I like seeing when actors um, have like a certain thing that they do that makes them stand out from other actors, you know, like, so I look at everything like on a, on a kind of like a technical level and what are they doing technically that makes this movie better or, or and makes all their roles better. And Nicolas Cage, 100% is facial expressions. His facial expressions are amazing. It's like he, he's he can dial crazy from zero to 10 in three seconds flat and you will buy into it. And he could be talking about anything, you know, like he just, it's amazing what he does with the expressions he makes. Um, he also does some great like voice inflections, um, laughs that are just really crazy, just crazy, crazy, crazy. And then of course, I mean, do I wait for when the scene, when we talk scenes, or can I just say my favorite line of this movie? Go for it, yeah. My favorite line. I want to take his face off. Oh, whenever you say the, the title of the movie in a line, you, you got you to gotta cite that at some point. So I'm glad you got to it, because yeah. I would have. <laughs> yes. That's just, it's just like, it's just perfect. The way he says, the delivery is just, it's just awesome. I love him. And I think uh, Cassavetes... Casavetes, Casavetes, uh says right after they, as he walks away, he's like, "No more drugs for that man," because he says, yeah. "Like I want to take his face off," and he says it like four yes, times. I, I just the pause, you know, like I mean, the dialogue is already there. Yeah, know? like it's pretty cool dialogue, but the actual pause there <laughs> is what makes that so like it's so executed so well. And even that's in GIF form where he just, he's like putting his uh, his hand to his face and mimicking the face off. And you can hear yes. the GIF. Even yeah. There's no audio. Anthony sent that to us this morning. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yes. it's great GIFs that you can hear. So, Anthony, any any cage thoughts? Uh, I, thought, I think he's horrible. OK, we can go on to the next topic. No. <laughs> um, 
I am a huge Nicolas Cage fan. Um, one of my my uh, top 20 movies is Raising Arizona with him. A yeah. phenomenal movie. Moonstruck, uh, Leaving Las Vegas. He's got so many. Uh, I think it was The Family Man, The Christmas Movie. Yes. Alien. My favorite Christmas movie of all time. Sorry. Good. Um, so he's just phenomenal. Like, talking like... The first scene, going into the scene where he's planting the bomb. He's just dancing around, smoking a cigarette, like just <laughs> the craziest priest I've had. Like, yeah, like, yeah, exactly. He just does that. I'm doing head rolls. Sorry. Everyone's guys. doing head rolls for the listeners. He's insane. <laughs> I'll hurt my neck. He's insane throughout this whole thing. Like, it's a whole part of being caster. Caster insane, insane, insane. Even the part when he's talking without the face. <laughs> when he's in the chair without the face, smoking a cigarette, blood dripping, everything just dripping. Yeah. It's insane. And then the transformation he makes into being Travolta, being Sean Archer. Yeah. It's it just, he he plays it so well. And uh, so many movies I love with this guy. Like, I can watch anything he's in and I'll be okay with it. Um, well, not everything. Next was really bad. Anyway, I was I was over here like, hmm. <laughs> Next was really bad, but um, no. And then like you like you said, you know, Travolta. You want to see him? Tra- Cage make it made this comeback again. He made some really good movies. His last couple of movies, Pig was great. Unbearable weight of massive talent was great. He played himself and was great. Yeah, yeah. Like, he, he, like it was even great with that one. Pig was another one. Yeah. Um, he's playing Dracula soon. I forget the, Renfield, the name of the movie. If you, just Google Nick Cage Dracula. I, I've and, seen the. I seen him. It's perfect for him. I sure. But he's in so many good things, and he just he made this movie. Like he made this movie great. His psychoticness and then his ability to be Archer's character, and he played both of them perfectly. Like, yeah, not easy way, to do. I would have given him an Oscar for the beginning of the movie and for the ending of the movie, <laughs> the way he played. Well, they did get an award. They got uh, best on-screen duo at the uh, the MTV 1998 MTV Movie Awards. So not an Oscar, but they they did walk away with uh, what's the statue? Is it the it's golden a popcorn? popcorn right? The golden the popcorn. popcorn. So. This movie did not go without praise. So the supporting cast in this one, it's not a monster supporting cast, I think, unless you're somebody probably like the three of us who watch an ungodly amount of television. So I was I was looking at this probably 25 years after this movie came out. The most notable names here are Gina Gershon as Sasha and Joan Allen as Eve. They're probably the two that maybe talk to casual movie fans and they recognize. But other than that, it's just, it's a lot of like that guys and that girls. Um, Alessandro Navola, I really like his Pollux. Now, to a lot of people, he's a that guy. To me, I know him as Alessandro Navola. He's been in a lot of things. Most recently, he played Dickie Moltisanti in The Many Saints of Newark. Uh, he's been in a lot of stuff here. Uh, we also have Robert Wisdom, who plays Bunny Colvin in The Wire. He's also in Barry and Blackbird. So he, a lot of TV. He was in this movie as well. Uh, Dominique Swain is Jamie, the daughter. A couple years later, she would be in Alpha Dog, which was directed by Nick Cassavetes, who's also in this movie. 
Uh, Thomas Jane is in this. He would be with Travolta a few years later. He was the very first Punisher. Chris Bauer, another Wire alumni, who's uh, the Russian guy who helps Cage break Cage as Archer break out of prison. There's just a ton of people in this movie who come in for like a little bit, one scene or two. And it's, this is truly Cage and Travolta's movie, but there is a nice ensemble of that guy and that girl's Uh, Danielle, anyone stand out for you that either mentioned or forgot to mention? You didn't mention uh, Tommy Flanagan who has, might not even have a word of dialogue. I'm not (laughs) even sure if he speaks, but I was like, Hey, it's Chibs. (laughs) Sons of, of Anarchy, and I enjoy, he pops up in random movies all the time, yeah. and, you know, it's just some dude on the side, and I'm like, oh, look who it is, you know, yeah. so that was exciting for me to see him. Yeah, yeah, I did forget to mention him, he, yeah, he does show up in a lot of things. Uh, Anthony, what about you, anyone from the sidecast, supporting cast, uh, out? E.H. Pounder, you missed? Uh, I did, yeah. Also, another um, Sons of Anarchy alumni, she was in the last couple of seasons as the uh, Attorney General. And The Shield. And the Shield in NCIS New Orleans, so I, I was yeah. a fan of hearts. Um, but Cassavetes, I'm a huge fan. He's a phenomenal director. Uh, yeah, it's so many like side people, but um, there's a lot. Yeah, but yeah, like I noticed Tommy Flanagan as well as being a Suns fan, so that was cool to see Chibs, and. Um, yeah, they were really good sidecast, not very well known, but I think it was better that way just because of the fact that it gave all the attention to the two main characters. Yeah. And then they were able to really shine, and the supporting cast really did what they were supposed to in support. Sure. Totally agree there. I think we're all in sync. Yeah. Uh, this movie was a commercial success. It had a budget of $80 million, made 245 back. I I remember hearing rumors of a sequel coming out, Face Off 2. I don't know how they're going to do that because, spoiler, uh, Cage dies at the end. Travolta is presumably alive. You know, that does sound absurd. I'm here for it regardless. If, it, if it's made, you know, I'm, I'm going to be here for Heat 2. I'll be here for Face Off, face off again. Whatever, whatever they want to call it. Face off, face off too. More faced. That's going to be the name. Huh? Uh, didn't finish number one. Let me give you a little impromptu trivia here. Uh, it's opening week at the box office. I'll, I'll give you the top six. Not number one. Uh, number two in its opening weekend, uh, June 27th, 1997. Um, what was number one? It was a Disney movie that starts with an H. It's a cartoon. Hercules? You got it. Nailed it. Okay, <laughs> right. Which I've never seen. But... Okay, I've never seen the, the cartoon Hercules. It's almost like Disney knows what they're doing, it, it seems. but Watch any cartoons as I, yeah. with Paw Patrol in my background. Listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to this top six from, from that week. So you got Hercules, Face Off, Men in Black, My Best Friend's Wedding, Batman and Robin, and then the other cage joint, Con Air. Just talk about a 90s lineup there. That's that's stacked. Can we cut number five out really quick? Because nobody really cares about number five. <laughs> I'm trying to the two of the yeah, we've covered Batman and Robin, we've covered Con Air. We got we got two of those in there. Now we got half of the top six. You guys will be on for the Hercules pod in, in a few months. <laughs> <laughs> I'll bring my kids on to do it with us. Nice. Perfect. Look forward to it. <laughs> All right. So on that note, we're gonna take a quick break and then we will go into our favorite scenes. 
We are back. Uh, favorite scenes. The first one I have here, I have just written down as the airport raid. This is kind of the big first action set piece of the movie. We see we're introduced to Pollux. We see Cage as Caster Troy. Uh, there's an undercover FBI agent, and he, he says the line. I'm not even going to try to say it because I'll botch it. I, I could not possibly do it as, as well as he did, but it's so absurd. Pete? He says, if I was to send you flowers, wait, let me rephrase that. If I was to let you suck on my tongue, would you be grateful? There's <laughs> I don't feel like that was in a script. I feel like that's something that he just said on the spot. And John Moo was just like, yeah, whatever. Fine. <laughs> we'll go with it. Um, but then later when he finds out he's an FBI agent, he shoots her and then does the Jordan, Michael Jordan shrug with his, with his hands right after he, he throws her off the plane. So I was like, we're going for it here. Travolta commandeers a helicopter. Cage kills the pilot of the plane. There's a shootout. Cage and Travolta have a standoff. And Cage says, you're not having any fun. And that's where I, I mentioned the line, you shut your fucking mouth or you watch your fucking mouth. And he's as he's about to kill him, he's, he's singing, get ready for the big ride, baby. Sean kicks him in front of a jet propeller because sure. And he goes flying through the air. He's in a coma. That's how the scene ends, which is how we get to like the main point of the movie. But this was just a banger of a set piece here. Danielle, what'd you think of this scene? Uh, a lot of fun. Um, something I wanted to point out is that I love when Cage first gets on the runway and there's a slow-mo shot of the jacket um, when he gets out of the car and there's a slow-mo shot. And then it shows um, his his little case um, of fun stuff. And he's got yeah. two gold-plated guns <laughs> and a gold money clip. And uh, just want to give kudos to, I'm going to botch his name, but it's Ellen... Moronic or something to that effect, okay. um, costume designer. So for putting those things together, yeah. uh, I'm a sucker for gold-plated guns. I always enjoy when I see those because they're snazzy, you know. So you know you're 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 dealing with somebody different, and it just <laughs> based on his personality, it makes yeah. sense, you know. So yeah, yeah I enjoyed that. Scene, that a, was a nice little touch. If he turns the gun sideways, it's a kill shot. We know that already. <laughs> Uh, what do you think of the scene, Anthony? Uh, bananas. It, it goes from literally the carousel scene, which you see him kill this, and then into this, like basically yeah. this whole this whole setup. Like, I, I I think I've been saying this all. I I actually wanted to get a peach. We didn't have any in the house because I was going to eat a peach when I was talking about the scene. <laughs> Like, who can eat a peach for hours? But he, apparently he can eat a peach for hours. It's going to be bad by that point, I feel. But that's neither here nor there. Like, like the crazy delivery, like, you know, suck on my tongue. This, and she does a like, great job selling the part of being in the uh, in the FBI, doing whatever it takes to get the guy. Sure. Um, throws her off. They, they're going at the, the exchange. Boom. It's just, by the way... The scene was great. The the visual effects, though, maybe lacking because when you could see the ropes hanging from the back <laughs> of the eyes when it's getting thrown around, it's not really great. Especially with like they go too close and you see like totally different faces, and then it goes back to like Nicolas Cage or Travolta. It was really funny. Some of that stuff, like I, I would say, that would be like a nitpick as far, but awesome way to start off the movie. Definitely. Totally agree. Uh, Danielle, what's the scene you like? Uh, let's see. 
Well, we might as well talk about it some more. Um, the whole, you know, as far as the priest scene goes, because that was uh, <laughs> the first one I wrote down. I mean, I really, I did it for you guys before, and I, unfortunately the audience cannot see it, but yeah. I quite enjoyed doing the head roll because <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. It's a great gift. You know, so, I mean, that's up there with like uh, uh, Tobey Maguire and Spider-Man. Sure. You know, for like dancing scene that, you know, I just want to be around you, you know? Or so, recently, uh, uh, she Hulk's working. You know, you, you get the three of them together. It could be, it could be fun. Yes, definitely. Get a couple of six packs. <laughs> call, call good night. Work from She Hulk, so I can't hate on it. <laughs> yeah, great scene, Anthony. What's the scene you like? Ah, uh, let's see. I, I guess we'll go into the um, the Walsh Institute when they first approach him about this whole process. Oh yeah. Because this is when he finds out that he thinks the threat is over. He's all excited. He just literally talked to his wife and said he can take a desk job now and just focus on being the dad after everything that happened with his son because he's been on a mission. And then he's brought this, this whole situation. And it's so bonkers even talking about it. You know, we're going to do a transplant. And, you know, we can do the. <laughs> the voice it's just so like out there and really like just puts like emphasis like this it's just fantastic like you know way they explained it the scientists this is when we get introduced introduced to buddy um i forgot his name but the from the walsh institute Colvin, yeah yeah oh yeah buddy coleman yeah robert wisdom um i like how we get from point a to point b because cch pounder she suggests you know why don't we put a snitch in in pollock's troy's cell basically the the premise of blackbird why don't we put him in okay no that won't work okay so uh, what's the next option okay yeah how about we just we we sever each other's faces and then put them off it you know that that's only that's the only place to go from here <laughs> so this just just goes with with the uh, insanity of this movie um danielle did did you have someone on that scene on uh, no okay sorry i thought you had your hand up there all right so the next one i got here written down here is caster wakes up and this is where he he wakes up with with no face anthony i remember uh recently i had a flat tire and i had i had to hit you up because i was going to i had to bring my car into your shop with with a spare on it and so you you took care of me for that situation but imagine you get that call late at night but instead of like i have a flat tire i say hey man i i don't have a face and I, I woke up, my face is gone. I need you to uh, kidnap this doctor. Uh, also, I need you to kidnap these two uh, police officers. And hold on, let me check one second. Uh, oh shit, no, I don't have any gasoline. Can you pick up some gasoline on the way because we have to light these people on fire right right after to torch the evidence. How, how would you react to said phone call? <laughs> Dave, I'll be there in 10 minutes. <laughs> Thanks, that's uh, to Jeremy Renner, uh, the town moment there. <laughs> Whose car? Yours or mine? <laughs> <laughs> All right. I appreciate it. Um, let's see here. Another one I got. Uh, oh, the, uh, the the reveal where Cage is in the, the magnet boot prison and, you know, Archer Archer as Troy. I'll, I'll do this throughout. And he, he comes in and he, he sees that, you know, Tr- Caster has taken his face and now these two are the other person fully. And it's like, it's like looking in a mirror 
only not and these two these two guys are just so so great together and he's like looks like you'll be in here for the next hundred years and he reveals he's like i got a government job to abuse a wife to fuck just basically tell him i'm gonna go rape your wife and just just banana scene danielle what'd you think of that scene oh it was uh it was a lot of fun because you know it's it's a showdown it's the first it's it's like we know what's going on so it's fun to like get to to have cages archer see who what's you know to find out himself what's going on and um yeah it's a it's a fun scene the one thing i will say i try to figure this out while i was watching it because i need to be able to convey this in words since i like to write reviews and all um slow-mo and how it's used in certain ways that i like and then in other ways that i hate and in this scene there is a slow-mo shot right at the beginning it's like a gritty looking slow-mo kind of thing that i don't like at all so <laughs> if you know You're what i'm talking about great when he he's walking when they pan in they start with his feet and then they yes. start up yes i, can I got it i think I've, yeah i remember that avoid that so that is like it's different from regular slow-mo there's like some sort of filter over it or something that and it's not like john woo is like the inventor of this this is something no. i've seen in other movies before and it's it's just a certain style i don't like for whatever reason so but other than that other than being like uh this other than that i was like oh this is this is awesome you know it's a blast to watch you know so it's a good Definitely. setup anthony what'd you, what'd you think of the reveal in that, in that uh, scene phenomenal um you see he's got a, he's got a visitor and he thinks the visitor he has is somebody getting him out of, out of there? To Probably go, Robert Wisdom or CCH Pounder. Yeah, to get his face back. Yeah. And then he looks up and it's Travolta at yeah. Troy. Done. Like, you know, and Travolta killed this scene. This was Travolta's scene. Travolta yeah. doesn't have many scenes. This is this was one of his scenes. Uh-huh. Um, it, it just sets up the second act of this movie really well sure yeah we get we get the uh, the prison breakout at the end it, where cage you know it, it's kind of you know we have this like multi-million dollar prison where everybody has magnet boots for some reason it's very futuristic and mm. you know cage manages to get out with with like a lit cigarette i don't know why they gave him a lit cigarette but he incites this this whole big this whole big prison riot which which was pretty cool it was another big action scene there Another small scene I have written down here. I have uh, Danny Masterson, who's had like his his own legal troubles. He's in this movie for one scene, and he gets his ass handed to him by Travolta as Caster. He he kind of forces himself on Dominique Swain, which if you can Google him, that seems like uh, indicative of him in real life as well. And, good casting, good casting. Yeah, <laughs> uh, just gets his ass handed to him here. Travolta kicks him in the balls, throws him over his car. And then I like the uh, the scene. This will kind of come back to on Caster to bite him in the ass. But she he gives her a little self defense lesson, saying twist the knife because it closes the wound. And he gives her his knife, you know, which which would backfire on him. The last three scenes I have written down here. I have the over the rainbow shootout, the funeral shootout. There's a, there's a theme here, and then I have the, the end scene. Did either of you have any, either anything you wanted to touch on before we get into those, which were towards the end? I I, th I think you mentioned it, but um, 
I really I did one I wanted to go into before I go into this one is the bomb defusal. Yeah. Is such a great another good that's one of the other scenes I was talking about with uh Travolta really owning it in this movie. Like he he has the mannerisms down like Nicolas Cage in the beginning when you see him dancing, like casually taking off his jacket, diffusing the bomb with literally one second to go. Absolutely a great scene. Um, But the one I want to bring up, my favorite scene of the movie, is the mirror scene. Okay. This is my absolute favorite scene in this movie. Um, The symbolism, the way it was playing off, like literally you see him looking in the mirror, both of them looking in the mirror. And they're looking at themselves, but they really are aiming at the other person. It just was, I think this was very clever um, film editing, where you see them basically, they're going after each other again. Like, it's basically that, like, he can go after the person he wants to go after. Even though he's seeing himself in the mirror, they're seeing themselves. Yeah. They're seeing actually the other part. It was just, I thought it was really well done. It's just the way it played out, it was my favorite scene in the movie. If I recall correctly, that was that was big in the trailer of mm-hmm. the movie. When when I first saw the trailer for this movie, that scene was in there. And it's like, you know, why don't we just kill each other? And they they turn around, and you don't see what happens. Yeah, really good scene. And it was it was the trailer for this movie was bonkers. It was like I wasn't like a huge film buff at at age fifteen, sixteen, whenever this came out. I was like fifteen, and uh, but yeah, you saw the trailer for this, and you're like, yeah, I, I need to see this movie. Um, Danielle, do you have any other scenes you want to touch on before we? Well, first, I just want to say I agree with you, Anthony, that um, I think that it's, it was very clever of how it was done, and there's some symbolism in there. Um, and I have a, a little fact that I found out today that um, made me go ooh when I read it, and I'll share that when we're doing trivia and all that stuff. But another scene, another juxtaposition of scenes that I like is the standing ovations. Um, John Travolta's reaction to a standing ovation from his colleagues and Nicolas Cage's reaction to it, you know, and you see they do, they basically repeat the scene, the same exact thing happens. And, you know, and obviously Travolta chides them out, you know, what about this one, this one, this one, this one, the other people that died. And, you know, and Cage is like, yes, yes, you know, I'm, we're, we're going to the top, you know, and all that stuff, you know, and it's just like, it's, it's interesting seeing the same thing play out and how two very different personalities handle that exact same thing. And that's the point because they're very much like a yin and yang type of yep. dynamic. Yeah. I like uh, where after he defuses the bomb cage sees him in prison and he's on the news and, he, and he's like, I have a message for the person who set up this bomb interception. Our side has the ball. <laughs> yeah. That was, I, I like, that was awesome. <laughs> That was like it was cheesy, but it was really awesome. Yep. <laughs> Margaret Cho had a good line in that in that scene also, and uh, she's like, "Oh, what happened? Did you have a surgery?" And like, <laughs> all confused, like they had the stick removed from your ass, like <laughs> because it was so out of character for him. Like Danielle was saying, and so I thought it was very good. The way yeah, no, that's a good good pointing that out there. All right, so the over the rainbow shootout. This is at uh, Casters, I guess. I guess this is like. The bada bing of the Caster Troy crime ring. This is where everybody kind of gets together. I guess this is uh, Dietrich's place, and we see him there. 
Pollock sees them from afar, calls Archer, who is really caster. I'm going to keep doing that. And I love where they, they put the the headphones on the the boy's face. What's the boy's name? Um, for Adam. Uh, they put the headphones on him somewhere over the rainbow is playing throughout the shootout. We see uh, Caster, he kills Dietrich. I don't know why he did that as Travolta. It seemed like a weird choice, maybe just to get in, remain good with the cops, but he shoots him in the neck and he keeps like walking. Um, there's a scene where Sasha and Dietrich kiss. They're not like a brother or sister. It's like a Jamie Cersei kiss. And apparently this was this was improv. The two of them just decided to do this on their own. And John Woo said, sure. They just decided, you know, let's let's just be weird and, and make out cool and then this scene kind of i think ends with uh anthony you mentioned the mirror scene this is just like a bonker scene here from start to finish uh danielle any thoughts on this this particular shootout um this is one of my favorite scenes it's probably my second favorite scene uh in the movie uh just just the way it's done because well, there that's where effective slow-mo is used yeah. Um, and it's very effective against the, the song and, you know, and the innocence of the kid and the exact opposite of what's going on, you know, outside of this song, you know, visually. And uh, I just, I love it. It's very artistic, you know, and uh, oh yeah. And John Woo, um, he financed this scene himself. Okay. Yeah. This scene was, was, um, they didn't want to do it and they paid him back because the movie was such a hit. Um, they, whoever the powers that be didn't want to do it and didn't want to fund it. And he said, we have to have it. And he paid for it. So, uh, and I'm glad he did. Thank you very much. Great uh, scene. Because it's a great, it's very powerful, you know? And again, going back to what I said in the beginning as not being a big action fan, um, I I look for things that make it unique and that's what draws me in, you know, because a lot of times, you know, you guys are going on about like, oh, the car chase and, you know, and the boat and this. And I'm like, yeah, you know, whatever. Yeah, things blew up. That's nice, you know. So, you know, for me, I, I need to like, I'm like, okay, I don't get the adrenaline, you know, the same adrenaline. Um, so for me, I need to see something different that makes me go, oh, this is like, a, this is a unique take, you know, and I really felt that scene was, was, you know, it was just, it could have just been a regular shootout, you know, just blazing in, you know, like it could have, it could have in it easily and it would have worked. There would have been no problem with it, but this has just an added touch of making it more memorable. It's got good substance. I understand exactly what you're saying. Yeah. Well, and, you know, and just also, and just also thinking about, you know, that kid, you know, this, I, I, you know, like not that necessarily it's my, it's a favorite scene, but I, you know, like, or there's anything special about it, but I made a note about the very last minute of the movie. Oh yeah. Um, same. Which I liked a lot because, you know, this kid, if you think about the different places this kid could have ended up, you know, based on his parentage, you know, and, you know, just being like an innocent child. I mean, what is he like five or something like that? Maybe, yeah. And in the middle of this, you know, he ends up in the best situation at the end that he could have possibly ended up in, sure. you know? So, so yeah, so exactly. Substance is the word that I would say. Also in this scene, uh, Pollux has a really cool death scene. We see he's on top of the roof there and uh, Caster as Archer. I think I got that right. 
swing swings from the it was like a wwe style death he swings from the the top rope grabs him and he does like a swanton bomb through a glass through the glass roof and travolta as caster kills the other fbi agent he's like what are you so worked up about it's just pollock's troy and he just shoots him point blank range in the in the head and i thought that was pollock's had a pollock's had a good death here uh anthony what'd you think of that scene phenomenal scene phenomenal like you see in this scene right here, Troy as Archer does not care about, and Troy in general does not care about anybody. Yeah, a movie. He literally he killed a he killed a five year old boy, and he doesn't give a shit. You can tell. Yeah. Like you know, you should have just got over it. Right. That's Travolta in one point. I think in that in that same sequence, but. As soon as he goes down there, the first thing he does is he ties his shoe because that's the, the thing from the beginning. He always ties his shoe. You see how genuinely hurt he is that that Pollock's died. Like the feeling that he puts through this this scene, phenomenal. Yeah, yeah, you get to, yeah probably the one person he actually gives a shit about, not Sasha, not his son, but but Pollock's. He, he genuinely has affection for for his brother. Um, the funeral shootout. This is the funeral for Lazaro, uh, Travolta's mentor and boss at the FBI, and he's having a heart attack. And then uh, Travolta, as caster, assists the heart attack by like punch punching him right right in the lungs. It looked like, and I, I don't know why they're having this this cop funeral, and there's all these doves flying around in this weird weird looking church. You know, I it just kind of got to not ask questions at this point. But I, I wish it's cool that I don't know how this this police funeral presumably ended and then Travolta as caster Troy just rolled up into this, this funeral, no checks or anything. He was just able to go in there under his own free will. You know, I, I'm, I'm good. I'm not going to ask any questions. I'm good with it. We have a massive standoff here. We got, uh, I think Tommy Flanagan's in there, Travolta cage. Uh, they're, they're all holding hostages. Sasha shows up. Uh, Eve is kind of a pawn. And everybody just start, starts shooting everybody. A lot of people die. There's a, there's a boat race. Uh, there's cops in a boat. The boat, they kill all the cops, and then the boat goes through the cop boat. They have one final fight. They're just, Troy's beating him with a pipe. Arper, Archer has a spear. And then uh, Archer ultimately kills Troy, who's Travolta at this point. And it, it, I think I put this on my Instagram story, this, like, five-second clip of Cage just going, Die! And he's just yelling that he's he's just totally deranged here. I I love there's so many great action set pieces here, but this is this might be my personal favorite just because of the boats and the absurdity. Danielle, what'd you think of the the, the boat shootout? Well, the I did make a note. Boat goes through other boat because I found <laughs> that pretty interesting. Um, that was that caught my eye. Um, but as far as I really like the setup of the scene a lot, like yeah. you were talking about, um, I love, you know, I'm, a, I, I love contrast. So I love the, you're like, you're looking out from inside this little makeshift beach church. Um, you're looking out and, and cage is slowly, he in slow-mo as again, but in a good way, um, is walking toward the church. And so you've got him in his dark suit against the sand and the ocean and the birds. And then you've got the score that's playing. Um, it's just it's just very artistic 
you know, like, and it's just, and it's, in, it's intense. It's good at like building tension of like, oh, things are about to go down, you know, and that sort of thing. So I really enjoyed um, that component of it. That's actually, that is my favorite scene, actually, that whole, that the whole thing. Uh, I think it has a great final act and is done very well. Anthony? Um, well, bringing this up, I don't, really, I don't know if we mentioned it or not, but the costume design throughout the whole movie is yeah. epic. <laughs> Excuse me. Sorry. No, bless um, But this scene was just bonkers. Like, you know, from the beginning to all the way, you know, telling him that Archer, you know, Troy as Archer telling Gina Gershon's character that, you know, he's not really that, and they just go into it. Then the gunshots. Then please take care of Adam. Yeah. That part of the scene, you get the shootout, you get him making his daughter turn on him. Like, you know, and there's a funny scene at the end that I go into really quick, which is, sorry I shot you, Dad. Yeah. I Mm. thought that was hysterical, a great way to put it. But And that whole last scene where he's trying to kill him and he's holding the, the harpoon. So he can't shoot him, and then he starts scratching his own face. Oh yeah, he's like ah, and then that's when he does it. Ah, that's what it sounds like. I, I don't think I did it any justice, but that's what it's just off the wall. Like it's literally like off the wall. So that leads into phenomenal scene. It's a really great way to end the movie. They ended the movie the best way. So that leads into the 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 very end of the movie where we see that. Sean has adopted Adam. Uh, are we are we pro? Are we pro the the weird the face thing their family does, where they just they rub their hands down? Is this something you you know anybody who does this, or have you seen this since? Are you Anthony, you know people. Who, you guys do this. My kids. Do you because of the movie? Because of the movie too. Okay, I, I didn't say anything bad. I wasn't going to say anything bad about it. No, it's all right. I'm a weirdo. It's all right. <laughs> it's I, I, I got Paw Patrol in the background. How no, how normal am I? <laughs> so no, they, do, they, they do that. I remember watching it when I got older, this movie. Because uh, I've seen this movie, I don't know, maybe a dozen times. All uh, right. Uh, and I remember when I was older and thinking about having kids, I was like, that would be so sweet to do. I do it with my daughter. I don't really do it with my son because he's like a little bit of an asshole. No offense, Sal. I love you. But, <laughs> you know, he doesn't like those things. Like, But she's more... And I always wanted to do it because I was like, oh, that, that looks so loving as a family. So I, I don't mind it. I don't think it's weird. But it's a little creepy. I could say that too. So I'll agree <laughs> with you and disagree with you. Fair, fair. Uh, Danielle, what did you think of the end of the movie? Um... I, I I like the end of the movie a lot. I uh, I was very happy. I was happy that, like I said, that poor little kid struck gold. Yeah. And got a good family. And maybe he'll be in Face Off again. <laughs> and, <laughs> and maybe he'll be the one in it. And uh, whatever's going on is going on. It's going to be an awkward conversation because this kid's presumably, you know, 30 years old at this point. And he's probably had a conversation with his dad at some point. Like, you know, your dad was a 
terrorist and uh yeah he killed my son so i, I took you i think with me. and at one point i was wearing his face yeah so <laughs> 90s were crazy son I, I, yeah. <laughs> they were quaaludes that's all i have to say <laughs> all right so great scenes we love this movie start to finish according to the internet so i'm just gonna rattle these off this script was written in 1990 there were a shit ton of different variations of this movie written, which had a ton of different sets of actors. So I'm just going to list them off here. These are the ones I saw. I don't know if all these are true. Some might be bullshit, but these were the names that I saw on the internet. Stallone and Schwarzenegger, Harrison Ford, Michael Douglas, Bruce Willis, Alec Baldwin, Al Pacino, Robert De Niro, Jean-Claude Van Damme, Steven Seagal, Denzel Washington, Wesley Snipes. Danielle, if you're the head of a movie studio, and you have to remake Face Off. Which which of these are you doing it with, or any that I might have not listed? Uh, I think they're all really bad ideas. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. You know, I, I actually one of my notes says uh, Arnold and Sylvester dot dot dot. Thank God, because it would have been such a different kind of. I mean, no. It's, just, I, I, it's, you know, this, you know, we, we talk about, okay, so yes, there's plausibility issues in this movie that I didn't go into. I took some notes. I was sure you, know, you even touched on it. I mean, it's crazy and there, you know, whatever, there's things to it. But that being said, um, the performances are outstanding. Yeah. You know? And it's just, I just can't see Arnold Schwarzenegger and Sylvester Stallone pulling it off with that, yeah. like, two different bodies like Stallone is a lot smaller than Schwarzenegger so I couldn't imagine seeing like Arnold's face on Stallone's like much smaller body and vice versa that would be very strange well they did the thing I mean they invented because apparently uh John Travolta got like liposuction yeah for the love handles they mentioned (laughs) so I I was like you know because I was thinking about stuff I was like well you know you might as well keep it if you know you when you go back you might as well say hey (laughs) You know, so uh, yeah, so I I'm really glad the casting worked out the way it did. I mean, Robert De Niro and Al Pacino, like I mean, it would be heat basically heat, but they're they're switching faces. (laughs) It would be fun to see, but just you know, no. (laughs) Anthony, Um, there's actually two that I'm going to say that might have been okay because back then the way the movies the action stars looked they had a different kind of look okay they weren't like jacked up only arnold schwarzenegger was a really jacked up action star yeah unlike they do have now that everybody's jacked up but there was a couple that you didn't mention all right that i thought would be really good the other ones completely awful i wouldn't have minded maybe jeff bridges and nick nolte Okay. Yeah, that, that was one duo. And the other one was Gibson and Willis. I thought that one could have been because I think they both, depending on how they can play, I, I think the only one I could really say is Bridges and Nolte because in that day and age and like that time for in that time period, I could have seen them both pulling it off. You said Gibson and Willis? Yes. Gibson. Who's Gibson? Mel Gibson. Oh, Mel Gibson. I'm an idiot. Okay. Drew a blank there. I had a Willis with Baldwin, so I guess he was, his name came up a lot. Also said uh, Harrison Ford, Michael Douglas. Michael Douglas was actually an executive producer 
uh, on this movie. I saw. So, yeah, could have been cool as well. Sorry, I blanked on Mel Gibson there. I will. I will lose a point. Um, another another casting almost. So those were all the leads here. Mark Wahlberg apparently turned down the role of Pollux, which I thought would have been really cool. But I like I like Navola in this. Uh, I, I from Wahlberg's career, I don't see him as a guy who likes to defer to anybody and the, the the role of Pollux is a lot of deferring to cage and then later to Travolta. And then he's he basically he's, he's second banana and Wahlberg, I guess saw this, I, you know, I can only speculate, not, not a guy who likes to, to be a minion. And this is, this character is essentially a, a minion here, but I, I thought it would have been cool if he could have uh, got in this role. Either of you have any thoughts on that one? I think the only time he's ever played a lesser role was Basketball Diaries to Leo. Yeah. Really, and it really was a side main character in that one, but that's the only one I can think of. Other than that, he's always been a big part of the lead. And even in The Departed, where he's he's a, a part of a large ensemble, he's still very alpha in, in that movie. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah, not a, yeah, not a, not a big supporting guy. Danielle, any thoughts on that? Could have worked. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Could have worked. Would have liked it. I can't. I couldn't see him in those like those little glasses. It would would definitely have been a a change of pace for him. But him back then versus now is different. You know, him in the nineties, he could have pulled it off. He could have pulled it off definitely better then than than now. Yeah. You know. I agree. Uh, I have a few more here. Did either of you have anything you wanted to cite? Uh, I'm gonna go with one which I thought was really cool. Um, John Woo was a big Clint Eastwood fan. Okay. So what Cage and Cassavetes ended up doing was they got him a signed Dirty Harry poster to thank him for the film. Okay. So it was signed by Clint Eastwood. He said it was like the greatest gift ever. So I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, that's pretty dope. Daniel? So the the thing I'll share now, what made me go, ooh, today. So I read this and credit to, I didn't have time to research where it comes from. It might just be somebody who got their thoughts onto IMDb and in the trivia section, who knows. But that being said, um, so the blood types in the movie, uh, Archer is O negative, which is a universal donor. And Troy is AB positive, which is a universal recipient. And so the interpretation of that is that the O negative being, being Archer is giving, you know, like he's the community man. He gives to the community, gives, you know, he's in service. And then the AB positive being Troy, the universal recipient, he's always taking from everyone. and then it's and then again it's that duality between the two of them how they're the on the opposite sides of the spectrum of you know really the the same coin you know the heads heads of the same coin yeah so i love that and i love how that kind of gives it 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 just gives the film a little deeper meaning for me yeah no definitely that's a good that's a good catch there cage and travolta reportedly spent two weeks together just the two of them side by side just to learn each other's mannerisms. You can tell because they both kind of, they make it look easy and it's not easy to do what they did in this movie, just going from super villain to super cop and vice versa. 
Uh, so that, that was something I read. It didn't really say where they spent this time together. And I don't know if it, it was exclusively, you know, you read, you read a lot of things about method actors and I don't think either of these guys were, were doing method for this, but this, this seemed like method adjacent and you could tell that they did a lot of work. Well, I, I think it really shows like the, the final product shows that they actually put in the effort in this. I don't think either one of them are even close to method, but there was a major method actor in this movie with Cassavetes. Yeah. He's a method actor. Um, but I, I love the process that they did. Like they really wanted this film to succeed. And Cage has said it in many interviews that this is his favorite role. This is the role that he loves. He go he tells still to this day that's his favorite role that he was in. Yeah. I, I might be my favorite of his as well. Uh Joel Schumacher apparently showed up on the set of this movie to offer Cage the role of the scarecrow for a Batman and Robin sequel, which never happened. Um, but they would go on to work together a couple of years later in eight millimeter, which was directed by Shoemaker starring uh, Cage. Just thought I'm just trying to think of uh, yeah, he, a lot of superhero movies. I don't know if you've seen, if you Googled the images of Cage's Superman. Oh, everybody's seen that picture. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. They exist. So a lot of uh, near, superhero projects and then he wound up doing a ghost rider and i thought he was really good in kick-ass so he did get his uh his superhero flowers oh let me that was a phenomenal that was wasn't that like his comeback movie was that movie that's when we started seeing him again kind of in like relevant roles yeah yeah he was was always popping around and i'm trying to think of what the uh the, the, the edward snowden movie he was in too with uh Joseph Gordon-Levitt playing nope. that was the Oliver Stone, and I, it was not that great of a movie, but I, he was in that was kind of a mainstream film that he was also in. He was in that. Yeah, I forgot what he what role he played, but he never really he never really stopped working. Just like it was just like, is this a big theater release or is this a straight to DVD? He's been steadily working. Listen, you know it was a straight to DVD because you'd go to the Red Box and see sixty four titles that had Nicolas Cage acting in, in the lead. Yeah. <laughs> uh. I got another one that's really cool, too. Go for it. I don't want to step on any toes. Uh, Richard Norris. Um, I don't know if you guys know who he is. He's the first person to actually have a face transplant in real life. I did vaguely read about this. 2012. Okay. Now, the funny and ironic thing was the reason he had to have this surgery done was he was shot in the face with a shotgun the same year this movie came out. Oh, wow. So that was uh, something I read on the internet, which was really cool, I thought. Yeah, no, that's wow. I, I did read. I didn't like extensively go into the, the medical side of it. But yeah, this is cool. You know, I we're... be as good as you and Danielle this time, because I'm usually the one who's got like the little bits, like the tidbits. I wanted to go a little extra this time. For, I wanted to go inside the project. <laughs> sure. I have a question. Go. From one of the trivia pieces. I, I need someone to mansplain this to me. Go on. So, so I read that, you know how it's face forward slash off? Yeah. Right? The studio wanted the slash, the forward slash taken out. Yeah. And Wu said, no way. They're going to think this is something to do with hockey. Right. So, Dave, I know you know. 
and Anthony may, may or not know, I don't know anything about, about hockey. Forget hockey. Maybe something about baseball, maybe football. That is a hockey, hockey. term, yeah, face-off. No, so what is that? That's when – so Anthony and I are going for the puck. You drop it on the ground. We hit it with our sticks. We try to hit it to our respective teammates, and that's that's a face-off. Every, every, every play starts with – in hockey with a face-off. It's two guys at center position – Facing off, they drop the puck and they just like ram their sticks to grab the puck, and that's how the basically the play starts. Is that's how every play starts in hockey? So I guess it was a very good thing that he kept that forward slash in there because it would have made no sense. The slash is necessary, I think. Okay, yeah, I read. He was like, "Yeah, I don't want people thinking this movie's about hockey," and I was like, "I don't get it." And this this was another internet thing I read that was like I didn't I didn't even write it down, but you made me just think of it again that I read. I was like, no, this is too absurd. I'm not even going to mention it. But now I will mention it because you you brought up the hockey. Apparently, Johnny Depp wanted to be in this movie because he thought it was a hockey movie. <laughs> and then when he found out it wasn't a hockey movie, he backed out. So I don't know if that's true, but it's something I read. And I was just, I didn't do any research on it. It was something that was on the internet. Could be 100% bullshit, but I thought it was funny. And I, I didn't even write it down because it sounded so ridiculous. But now you brought up the hockey. And, you know, I, I would like to see the Johnny Depp hockey movie. That might, If it exists, it <laughs> might, might be good. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Yoga. Directed by Wu. <laughs> yeah, so, it has to be directed by Johnny having Wu. a hockey movie. <laughs> maybe, maybe that's the plot of Face Off too. We'll, we'll see. Did either of you see the alternate ending? No. There's okay. an ending? Yeah, there is an alternate ending. Um, it leaves it ambiguous as to whether or not Sean switched back. So we get the we get the scene where Adam comes in the house and they do that whole thing. But later on, there's there's an addendum to that where it's Eve and Sean. Sean's in the bathroom and he looks up and it's Cage. He sees Cage's reflection in the mirror and only the audience sees that because Eve doesn't see that. And she kind of just like looks startled for a minute. But then we realize she sees Travolta again. And the end of the movie ends with Travolta over her shoulder. We're panning then on Travolta's face and he smirks. So it's kind of like, it's left ambiguous. Is this really caster? And apparently that this was, they tested this for audiences who hated this ending and they went with what they went with. You could YouTube it. It's like 50 seconds long. And I, I watched it just before I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. I would have hated that ending as well. Cool. Yeah. So that, that exists. Yeah. And I think that, that's it for according to the internet. We will segue now into trivia. I think we all have a question tonight. Uh, how about we do ladies first? Okay. Well, I feel like mine is gonna. My okay. We'll start with the easy one. Oh, that you got multiple. Okay. Be... Because it's something you said earlier. I realized okay. mine is a dud, but that's okay. 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 So, going back to Nicholas Cage. Um, this is a two-parter, though. I'll get the bonus round. So, okay. um, going back to Nicolas Cage, he was nominated for four awards for acting that year, right? And he won one of them. So okay. the question is, which one did he win? Okay. He was nom nominated for MTV Male Performance, MTV Male Villain, Blockbuster Favorite Actor, Blockbuster Awards favorite actor and Saturn award best actor. Which one did he get? 
Wow. Anthony, do you want to go first? I think you got the, the villain. Okay. So so you're saying MTV villain? Yes. Okay. I'm going to guess here. I'm, I'm flying blind, but I'll go Saturn. Wow. Okay. I asked a good question. Did, both got it wrong. He got the Blockbuster Award. Remember uh, those? I know. <laughs> <laughs> I do. Wait, what's the Blockbuster? I don't even. <laughs> that was like, like the bootleg MTV movie awards, you know? It was like on Channel 9 or something like that. So, <laughs> and okay. And being outraged that he lost Best Villain for MTV, I went and checked who beat him. So this one I'll tell you. Oh, this is a follow-up. Okay. I'll tell you this because I don't have the choices of who was up. Um, Dr. Evil beat him. Can't argue with that. So I can. I can too. (laughs) Dr. Evil. It wasn't a villain. He was a comedian. (laughs) I ride for Dr. Evil. (laughs) I mean, don't get me wrong. Dr. Evil is great, but... (laughs) Man. Tough, tough break. Injustice for... For Nicholas Cage. Not right. <laughs> nice trivia questions, Danielle. Anthony, would you like to go or would you like me to? Uh, I'll go last. You'll go last. You'll close it out. All right. All right. So we mentioned earlier, we mentioned the 109 IMDb credits of one Nicholas Cage. So in those 109, there are some stinkers, but there are some bangers as well. And he's worked with a lot of massive directors. I'm going to give you a list here. He has worked with all of these directors except for one on this list. Francis Ford Coppola, the Coen brothers, Guy Ritchie, David Lynch, Brian De Palma, or Martin Scorsese. Anthony, why don't you take the first crack there? Is it directed by? All these films were directed by someone except one person he's never worked with on this list. <coughs> and he can eliminate right away. Oh, a couple. Okay. What was the fourth one again? I'm sorry. I'll, I'll read the whole thing again. Uh, Francis Ford Coppola, the Coen brothers, Guy Ritchie, David Lynch, Brian De Palma, Martin Scorsese. I want to say Martin Scorsese, but I, I'm thinking I'm, I'm blanking on a movie that he did for him. And if I am, I'm really stupid. I think it's Brian De Palma. Brian De Palma, okay. Danielle? I can only eliminate one. <laughs> it's terrible. <laughs> All right, I'm just going to, I'm going to guess. I'm going to say Coen Brothers. Coen Brothers, Raising Arizona was directed by the Coen Brothers. Thanks. Um, and you said De Palma, Snake Eyes, Brian De Palma film. Oh, fuck me. I mean- All right, it's not Lynch, <laughs> so let's keep going. Don't tell us. Oh, okay, okay, that's fine. <laughs> Lightning round, just whoever whoever guesses it. Is it going to be Martin Scorsese? Not Scorsese. Okay. What, what did he do with Scorsese? Bringing out the dead. The am- they were ambulance drivers. Oh my god, I forgot that was directed by yeah. Scorsese. That was Coppola? a great movie. Bringing out the dead. Oh, fantastic. no, Coppola. My oh, Cop- Coppola is his uncle. I know. Yeah, so he did uh, uh, the Cotton Club, and Peggy Sue got married. I think there was uh, one more that I'm not got married. My one of my favorite movies. All yeah. right, Lynch. Sorry. No, it's it- not Lynch. Lynch is a lot of heart. Yeah, Guy Ritchie never did a Guy Ritchie film. 
You would so, think yeah. he would because he legally looks like a Guy Ritchie type actor. He'd be good. He'd be good in a Guy Ritchie movie, you know, which which are just kind of like Tarantino adjacent films. Yeah. But yeah, never did a Guy Ritchie film. But yeah, he's worked with worked with a lot of good. I probably could have listed a couple other big name directors in there. All right. Well, I got you both. So that's question. Thank you, Anthony. Let's see. You're probably going to get me. I'm sure. Okay. Um, when Archer as caster broke out of prison, he's okay. walking around. He finds the valet station. He grabs a set of keys. Yeah. What number were the keys hanging on? <laughs> Was it 19, 23, 21, 26, 7, or 4? I'm flying blind here, so I'll go. I'll go 23. That'll that'll be me. That'll be my guess. 21. Damn it, Dave. Yes, 23. I you know I, I researched this question ahead of time. You know I, I want to. You know it's it's good to be prepared because I, I was really well prepared for this question. Proud of you. <laughs> All right, awards time here. We'll start off with the six man, and that's for anyone who doesn't watch basketball. That's somebody from the supporting cast who. Lights it up here. This might have been the hardest uh, six man that we've done because there were just we mentioned the supporting cast. There's not like a lot of like household names, but there are a lot of people who contribute well to the movie. And I'm not going to list them all again because we we already covered that. But uh, ultimately, I went with uh, Alessandro Nivola as as Pollux Troy. I just love him as an actor. He's been on so many great things. Anthony, I think collectively we didn't think the Many Saints of Newark was the best movie, but I think I think we liked him he, as Dickie Moltisanti. Good in it. I think him and the person who played uh, Vera, Vera Farmiga, yeah, who played really Olivia. Good parts of that movie. Yeah, so I I like him as an actor. He's been in so many good things, and I, I like this. Was, I I don't know if this was his very first role, but this was a very early role for him, and he'd go on to be just someone who's always around. You always see him. To most people, he's that guy, but I, I know him by name. Uh, so that's where I went with Paul Troy. Danielle, where'd you go? I went with. Uh... Nick Cassavetes, um, okay. I, as Dietrich, uh, okay. I, I thought he was really entertaining. Uh, he had some really nice digs, and then in the middle of the scene, he's like, "Damn, my place is getting effed up." And I was like, "Yeah, I know. That's like I was thinking the same thing." <laughs> I, I like that that was his reaction to the mayhem going on. You know? <laughs> so uh, I just liked his personality. He was fun. He was good. Yeah, good character here. Anthony? Uh, I also went with Diedrich as Nick Cassifetti. Okay. Uh, he's... The scenes that he was in, he stole it. He was really good. Uh, he played well with Cage. Like, really well, even with both aspects of Cage. And that death scene was just amazing. Like, him dying, like, he's just bleeding out and just sitting there talking like it's normal. He just... Gave a great performance for somebody who was not the star, who was a supporting cast. Sure. So that'll, that'll be a that'll be a good poll to put up on the on the gram. So good choices there. Uh, MVP of the movie. I guess this is a two horse race. I don't unless one of you is going to throw like a massive curveball and tell me you really like Dominique Swain. I I think this is you're going either Cage or Travolta here. And ultimately, I went with Cage. I just this is my favorite Cage movie. I, I know he might have had better movies commercially and performance wise obviously this isn't the one he won an oscar for but this is you know if you say pick one nick cage movie to watch forever 
this this will be my choice so I, I went with him just love him in this movie i love him in general but yeah i went cage danielle also cage okay for probably the same reasons i would imagine yep anthony i went gina gershon i thought sure. real <laughs> nice. cool no they go anybody other than cage in this. this was cage's movie travolta was really good in this movie but it's cage it, 10 out of 10 always all right we'll still put a poll up we're unanimous but we'll see if anybody disagrees with us that's good we're all we're across the board cage danielle what is something good you watched this week i'm so glad you asked (laughs) so last night i watched a movie called stillwater i have been thinking about this movie I, uh, part of my, if, well, hopefully my boss is not listening, but I spent two hours reading and writing and thinking all about this movie rather than working, but I worked after work to make Got up it. For it. So, um, so this is a 2021 film stars, Matt Damon. He basically, uh, it's a, it's a knockoff of the, uh, Amanda Knox story. So his daughter essentially is in France. She had gone away for to university, uh, was in a relationship with another student, and that student died mysteriously. And his daughter's in jail essentially for this this crime, but claims that she's innocent. So uh, he goes to visit her periodically in France, and meanwhile, he is like. Um, like Americana, like exactly what you would picture. He works for an oil rig. Um, he's got a bald eagle, eagle tattooed on his arm. You know, he's a gun owner. He's, he's just, yes, ma'am, no ma'am, just Southern country, just that type of character. And so he goes to France to go see his daughter from time to time and new evidence is introduced that no one will do anything with. So, you know, he goes on like a one man mission to try and clear his daughter's name. Uh, But it's so much more than that. And so it's done by Tom McCarthy, who did Spotlight, which, by the way, Anthony, you and I were just talking about that. So um, so it's done by him. And the the thing Matt Damon gives an amazing performance. Um, He's just he is not Matt Damon. You know, he's this guy, Bill. So it's a hundred percent. And then the script, it's, it's like the reason why I'm, I'm like borderline, like obsessed with this film is because it's not perfect in any way, shape or form. In fact, I think it has a massive flaw. Uh, There is like a half hour of this film that is just doesn't belong there. Like there's a strange time jump slash tonal shift where you're like, are you referring to the ending of the movie? No. Okay. It's the middle of the movie. You've seen it? Yeah, I saw it in theaters. Okay, so the middle of the movie. I'm talking about the time okay. the time jump in the movie and what happens there. So essentially, there's a time jump. It turns into a different kind of thing. It's like, you know, like you've got like this thriller going for a while, and then it's like a love story, and then it's back to thriller. So it's just, it's weird how it was yeah. put together. Um, it's too long. That being said, um, yeah, it's like two hours and 20 minutes. And it yeah. definitely, and part of that being so long is that weird half hour that yeah. was needed, but not all of it. So sure. anyway, um, I think it has a, a lot of depth to it and some like amazing acting and just really made me think on a deeper level. And I always appreciate that. So I was pretty wowed. 
Um, I saw The Witch also over the weekend, which was phenomenal. I saw it for the first time. Um, but everyone knows The Witch is phenomenal. So like if yeah. you don't know that, then, you know. So, but this one was, I think it's very underrated, you know, as far as there are people that do love it. I've spent a lot of time reading up on it, but but definitely it, got, it received a, lo- a lukewarm uh, reception. From you all. definitely tell it was a, a first film for Meggers. And then, you know, I think he progressively got better with the lighthouse and then the Northmen. So I, he hasn't missed for me yet. Oh, no, the, the, uh, I was saying that, yeah, the, the witch is amazing, you know? So saying Stillwater, I feel is, is an underrated film that got lost. Yeah. I think we, I think we're in sync that it was a good movie there. Just, it was very long, it, you know, not something that I'm probably going to rewatch for any reason for yeah. that reason. Yeah. I mean, I probably, I don't see myself sitting back in, I mean, probably I do rewatches, you know, 10 years from now, I'm sure I'll watch it again. Yeah. It's not something I'm dying to revisit next week or anything like that. But You're probably never going to get a DM from me. Hey, you want to do a Stillwater podcast <laughs> at any point? <laughs> Anthony, what about you? What's something good you watch this week? Um, nothing really good. Um, watching, I, I'm, I started watching, and you know how I am when it comes to TV shows. I started watching The Good Wife. Okay. Um, I want, I saw a clip on uh, Facebook, like a reel of, of a scene. It, it kind of caught me. So I started watching, I, I, I don't want to say what episode I'm on because I don't want to get embarrassed, like to get made fun of about how far I am because we know I have a little tendency to do that, unfortunately. Um, uh, what's it called? So really that's all. And then a lot of children's programming, spent a lot of time with the kids last couple of days being that it's, uh, Almost back to school. Well, I went back to school tonight. Okay. So, Danielle went double movie. I'll go double TV here. Um, I'm really into this season of Industry on HBO. Not doesn't really get talked about a lot. I, I know a few people from the movie group who I talk I talk with about it every so often. But uh, either you've heard of the show or on your radar. I've heard of it, but I okay. don't know anything about it other than knowing it exists. So it's compared to Succession a lot, but I would say other than it's it's a lot of rich people doing bad things, that's kind of where the comparisons end. I'd say this is kind of like a cousin to Succession. And this is just about, this is about a, a financial firm in London and it's all these these bankers and it's shortly after the financial crisis of 2008. Uh, this, there was a two year gap between the seasons. So I had forgotten about this show. This was, uh, this was on my top 10 of 2020 the season one was incredible. And then I just put the out of sight, out of mind with this show until I saw a commercial season two's premiering, I guess a couple weeks ago. Oh, okay. Yeah. Totally forgot what even happened on this show. And then they, all they, they did like a two minute recap at the beginning of the season previously on industry. And this show is just, it's, it's a banger. Um, not really a lot of household names in this. Uh, Danielle, I know you saw, Bodies, bodies, bodies. Uh, I'm going to fuck her name up, and I apologize. Uh, Myla Harold, who was in that movie, is kind of one of the leads in this show. And she was in that movie as well. It's just really good cast here. Uh, yeah, I recommend this show. Not a lot of people watch it. I haven't really aggressively pushed it on anyone. It's, it's, the, it's the new Monday night HBO show, which is low-key. Just HBO on Mondays now is not quite the level of HBO on Sundays, but y- you're you'll find something good there usually throughout the year. So I'm enjoying the show. Uh, also I'm liking the, the patient 
on Hulu. I had an issue with the first two episodes because they were very short. You know, they're about 20 minutes. And I watched episode three this morning, which was also about 23 and change. And it worked for me. This was everything was very packed. There was no fat on the episode. It was just everything. We got to the point and then you move on with your day. And they ended on a nice cliffhanger. I know, I, Danielle, I think you were on this one or you were thinking about it. No, I saw the first episode. Okay. Um, I saw the first episode. I loved it. It's it's queued up, and within the next 24 hours, I'm sure I'll see the next episode. Sure. Um, not tonight. Um, yeah, I loved the first episode. I, you know, I I have a short attention span to begin with, and it's like very well catered to me because it's just every single second has meaning toward the plot, right. and you know, and it just. The way it was set up was ingenious. I think that's that's going to be a great show. Like when it's when all of this is said and done, I think it's going to be a show that's got a lot of buzz. And this is uh, just for listeners. Steve Carell plays a therapist, and he takes it on a patient played by Dom Hall Gleason, and uh, he has some social problems. And he wakes up one day, and Steve Carell is just in this guy's basement with his legs chained up, and he's saying help me help me do therapy and you know he's he's held prisoner in this guy's house and it, it's just you know we're, we're off and running it's it's a very 10 episodes which you know they're 20 minutes long so that's basically the equivalent of like a, a four episode four or five episode like full-length series but yeah i look forward to seeing where this goes and you know it wasn't a huge time commitment i had a free 20 minutes today running around doing things I was, i'll watch the patient so it was good for for those reasons so yeah, a couple, a couple of good shows amongst the many others. House of the Dragon is also just full on banger. Um, that's appointment television, even though even though it's streaming, I'm making sure I'm home at nine o'clock when, when it hits on Sundays because it's Thrones is back and the world is better for it. Danielle, where can we follow you? You can follow me on Letterboxd. I write probably like four reviews uh, a week um, and I love reading other people's reviews so you can find me at um, by Danielle 41515 okay Anthony uh, you can follow me on Instagram at Twinkie730 um, or me and my friends have a little group going it's called uh, Arcade Underscore Wars on Instagram um, we play video games, talk a lot of trash, and uh, compete and have some fun, you know, ragging on each other most of the time. Always good content from you guys on there. I, I enjoy it. I'll enjoy it more when you when you have the belt for the, for the next uh, for the next pod. And I'm hoping for the next podcast I'll have one, but <laughs> I said that all year this year, and this has been my bad year. <laughs> it'll it'll come. I I have faith in you. Um, I am on Instagram, Twitter, and Letterboxd, same handle, at DDEM2000. We have an Instagram and Twitter for this show. It's at Was It That Bad Pod. Uh, follow us there. We'll post our MVP and six-man polls. We show updates, quizzes. I stay pretty active on there. Um, Anthony and I also have another podcast where we're covering The Sopranos. We have an Instagram for that as well. Same deal. We post quizzes, polls, et cetera, et cetera on there. That is at It's The Jacket Pod. Um, if you want to talk about this movie with myself, Danielle, Anthony, or a bunch of other great people, you want to talk about another movie or show, you can join the Movie and Television Talk Facebook group. 
type that into a group search. We are the red cover photo. We've got a couple of exciting ones coming up in the next couple weeks. Next week, we are doing Cruel Intentions. And then in two weeks, we've got a big one. We're doing Back to the Future. Any thoughts on either of those from you two? Bangers. Yeah. I love Cruel Intentions. Yeah, I'm excited. Actually, I saw that you had watched it and it made me want to watch it, but I have 350 movies in <laughs> I have to prioritize. Um, but I'm a big Sarah Michelle Gellar fan. and I'm aware. And I was obsessed with uh, Ryan, however you say his last name. Felipe. Yeah, that guy. Um, back in my youth. So, you know, so that's a mem- memorable one for me. Excited, yeah, excited for both those. Yeah, generally, whenever you see me post in the in the movie group that I'm rewatching something, it's it's usually for the podcast. All right, well, Danielle, Anthony, thank you so much for joining me tonight. This was a blast. Thank you for having us. You got yeah. it, of course. Have fun. All right, and thank you for listening, everybody. We will catch you next week. Have a great night.